Every generation sees things slightly different. The teachings of the church never change. But the culture that develops within the organization, within the church, does change with every generation. They look at things um, quite differently. Uh, when they, the here and now and the future becomes more important to them than the history. And they probably will come into that space themselves in time. Previous generations always saw the history as the most important part of it without actually taking the history, relating it to the here and now, and promoting it as a way forward to the future. Apotoro Rehita, or Registered Apostle of the Ratana Church, Mita Rurinui, grew up on the outskirts of Tauranga. He is widely known for his career as a former Labour Party MP from 1999 to 2005. After the 2005 election, he became a List MP until he retired in 2011. But before his 30th birthday, some years ago, Mita had committed to a life with the Ratana Church. He was ordained as an Apotoro Rihita in 1981. Religion played a vital part in his upbringing where politics and faith was a talking point around the table. Mita Rudinui shares his story. It's um, no different from when it, all other levels of Apotoro. There is the need... And the most important need is to answer the call of the people when they need uh, this uh, spiritual and religious support, particularly when there is grievance in the family, there are, there's illness in the family, there are all types of issues in the family that they um, don't know where to turn in terms of finding a solution or, uh, to those things. So you need, need to, we all need to be available for that call when the phone rings. Piriwiri Tua Rurofe grew up at Ratana Pa in Wanganui. He was part of the Ratana Youth Council when he was just 13 years old. Today he's got a much bigger role as the member of the Ratana Church Executive. This office is responsible uh, for around 75,000 souls across, uh, across New Zealand and Australia. So there's quite a lot of um, responsibility. So after the January um, hui, um, we start our preparations for Easter. Easter is a hui, or we call it hui whakapuma, um, and that hui uh, is the church synod. That's where all of our people come together and they discuss the structure of the church or any take um, that they want to, to discuss at a national level. Tiahika continues this series about Fakapono, religion. This week, Tehahi Ratana. Inga mana ingareo no mai anoki tene kaupapa ko Justin Maritene tauti mai Fakatau mai. Just prior to the conclusion of the First World War in 1918, a Maori farmer observed from the veranda of his house a cloud rising from the Tasman Sea. This man was Tahupotiki Wiremu Ratana, and it heralded the beginning of the Ratana movement. Piriwiri Tua Rurofe is the youngest person to become Secretary General of the Ratana Church Executive. It's a job he says normally reserved for the elderly members of the church. But in recent times, there has been a sense of urgency, in fact, a plea for younger members of the Ratana Church to become more involved. His first year in the job was tough. He says it was largely about changing things up. 
What was the impetus of a generation shift in terms of handing the reins over to the younger ones of younger members of the church? Do you think? Oh, it, it, it wasn't an easy thing, and, and it wasn't as if the younger generation came in to take over. No, not at all. There was uh, a plea, um, I guess, from our, our, our elders for our youth to be in, for younger people to be involved in the running of the church because of the fact that uh, a lot of our, our kaumatu were leaving us, they were passing away. And that was it was leaving huge gaps within the running of the church. So because of the kaupapa, um, our youth are our leaders of tomorrow. Um, they encouraged for young people to be involved so that when time for succession came, these young people had the skills and the capability of picking up these roles. What was that first year like for you? Scary, daunting, um, to be sitting in um, the executive office during a meeting with our kaumata and um, hearing the different their different points of view on how the church should be run um, and the advice that they were giving to the leadership of the time um, was quite daunting and they would ask for your opinion and you didn't want to um, give the wrong answer so it was very it, it was exciting um, but very daunting. Piriwiri Tua was born and raised and grew up at the Ratana Pa. He became involved in the Youth Council at a young age. I became the chairman of the Mōrehu Youth Movement National Executive and we had 18 groups across the country and I was 13. My involvement within committee structure um, was kind of grown from that but in the same token there was also an expectation from our parents and the community that you would be involved in, uh, whether it's helping in the dining room, um, out on the marae, um, doing all of those things that we would normally do whilst at home on our marae, but at the same time um, taking part in learning about how to run a committee effectively. What's the toughest part of your of your job? I guess like, like any um, large organisation, it can be um, communication. Well, not communication, but the breakdown of communication. That can be quite difficult um, to deal with. I'm quite quite a broad thinker, so um, I, I tend to think outside the square and utilise the um, resources that sit around me um, and the skills that sit around me. I believe in a collective response. I don't believe that one person can make the decisions on behalf of thousands of people, um, and that's the view of the church executive as well. That would be one of the hardest things when communication breaks down and how do you, 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 you um, repair that? Because when communication breaks down, then what happens is people tend to react as opposed to responding to various issues. Each year on January the 25th, the Morehu throughout New Zealand assemble in their hundreds at Ratana Pa. It is here that sporting and cultural events take place, discussions and debates on political and theological topics are held. In effect, it was a meeting which was not only pleasurable and inspiring to all who take part, but it was also a show of strength, unity and single-mindedness of purpose. In the Ratana movement, there would be thousands of Morehu, some of whom would be Pākehā. In the words of Tahupotiki Wiramuratana, no reira et hunga pokere, kia tauterangi marie, kotahiteatua. Therefore, all of you who are troubled, be at peace. There is but one God.
The annual gathering at Ratana to celebrate the founder's um, birthday, Tahu Pōtiki Wiremuratana. What do you think the movement has become? Is it more political these days? Uh, I have to um, say that in some respects, um, the movement has always been political, and that stretches right back to the days of our founder. In the beginning of his mission, from the 8th of November 1918, when he received his vision from the Holy Spirit, um, and went out to spread goodwill to all mankind and to try and bring particularly Te Ao Māori together as one people. Um, his focus was, was primarily on spiritual well-being, on Te Ture Wairua. But moving into the 30s, he, he um, put the Ture Wairua um, um, into the temple and uh, took on the role of Piriwiritua, or the secular or physical work. And so... I guess the Ratana movement has always been political. It's always been um, a part of the structure. Today, politics is, is a huge kaupapa across um, Te Ao Māori. But what we try and focus on, particularly for the hui in January, is that it's a celebration of youth. It's not a platform for political agendas. Although we do give the opportunity for political parties um, to come to Ratana to speak to our people, the priority for us is how do we build capacity and capability within the youth? This is their celebration, and what we do is we go back to um, the words of our founder when the people said to him, we want to create this uh, hui um, to celebrate your birthday. And he said to them, I don't want it to be about um, meetings and about uh, or on the marae. I want it to be focused on the youth. I want it to be a celebration. Um, so that's the kaupapa that we uh, we uphold. With a generation shift in the church, Ratana is finding more ways to connect to their morehu, or Ratana followers. Like I said, when I first came onto the committee, it was a very, um, and there was nothing wrong with it, but it was very stringent. It was very, this is the way that uh, things have to be done, and this is the way that you have to communicate. Um, everything was handwritten. Everything was by letter. Uh, you, when we came into the executive office, they didn't have the internet um, in here. What? Which, <laughs> for an international organisation, I thought was absolutely horrendous. Uh, but um, um, over the years, we've slowly brought the church, the church executive, and our old people into today's way of thinking. Um, so the uh, Ratana Church is very uh, social media savvy. Uh, we're on Facebook and we have we're, we have Twitter account, a Twitter account, and um, Instagram, and it, it's a definitely a way that our youth and our young people keep up to date with what's happening within the structure of the church and how things are going within their areas. Uh, in previous years, uh, the church executive would have to wait until the big week, uh like January and Easter to find out what's happening in the regions. But now we get instant uh, feedback straight away and the people can feed back to the church executive their viewpoints. So social media, um, we are there um, and we're in the throes of developing our official website where, uh, in, in, where we can have a direct interface not only with our PO um, but with our people as well. The predominant symbol used everywhere is the shining light, the Fetu Marama, which is a star and crescent representing the shining light of Ratana's mission. Five colors, blue, white, red, purple and gold, are used on the five-pointed star 
representing the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Holy Angels and the Māngai or leader. Former Labour Party MP Mita Ririnui entered Parliament in 1999. At the 2005 election, he lost his Waiariki seat to Teiruro Flavel and became a list MP. In February of 2011, he announced his retirement before the election that year. At his valedictory speech, Mita says that one of his high points of his political career was the passing of the Bay of Plenty Regional Council, Māori Constituency Empowering Act 2001, which enabled three constituency or Māori seats, Mowau, Okure and Kohi. Today, Mita lives on his land at Oropi. When he is not involved in iwi-related issues in the Bay of Plenty or working in his garden at home, he attends church services or whakamoimiti held at Marae as a Pōtoro Rehita. But moving from a space of politics for 12 years and back into his ratana robes was not an easy transformation. He says there was a period of adjustment and he had to get into the right mindset. Mita Rudinui shares his story about Fano, politics and his faith. Wahu neko Mita Rudinui. Fano maya i roti a tauranga mana e te taukotahi mano i warau lima te komarua. Pakeke maya i roto i aku tupuna o ngati he ngati he me ngakalangalanga hapu kato o te mana neina. Kamutu takuhale ki te kura ka fifi mahi au ki te motu o matakana atu i tena wa he mahi inga wahi kato o te motu nei. O fifi tamariki ko fifi mokapuna. Tukau mā iwa tāku pakeke, ka uru atu au i te tūranga āpōtoro mō te hāhi rātana. Koena huki au. We whakapapa to Ngaitirangi and Ngātirangi nui and to Ngāti Pūkenga. My kalau a te ati riri nui was a sort of a hunter-gatherer. I worked in the forestry here in Orapi, Paispa, Taumata, all the way over to Rotorua, to Nongataha. Yes, and uh, we farmed this area on a small scale. And, um, well, um, I've returned from overseas in the mid to late 70s and decided that when I came back to Orapi, the land had been abandoned, really. Uh, the families had moved down to downtown and to other places, and I made a decision to drive a stake in the ground and return this area to its uh, former beauty and form a use as a, as a resource to the whānau. And this is it now. So was religion always part of your life as a whānau? Yeah, we, we, we um, grew up around the hahi. Um, and I used to sit around listening to the old people debating uh, not just religion, but religion and politics. The two were inseparable. Yeah. And I grew up uh, accepting that they were inseparable. Um, religion and politics, to the way to the tongue, you know, providing a um, a sense of balance um, in the way you uh, conduct your life, and um, yeah, and that, that's really how how I've been. And most of us, Latina people, are sort of um, material and spiritual people, like mm. anyone else. Mm. Religion and, and politics were inseparable, but I was more involved in the religious side of uh, the hahi. And I suppose when I returned from overseas and returned to the church and um, introduced my family to 
to the church, um, the old people sort of must have noticed me, I suppose, for want of words, and thought I might be useful uh, in the political field. And so without me realising it, I was being educated, mentored and groomed for, for politics. And it was a natural step when I was um, in my 40s, 46, when I was approached by my old people and also by the executive of the, the Labour Party to consider contesting the Waiatiki electorate. It wasn't an easy decision. Um, that was in 1997, early in 1997, after the 96 election. Uh, and if I did accept it, it would be on certain conditions. And the conditions were that, as far as I was concerned, the Labour Party at that time had abandoned Māori. That's why New Zealand First was able to secure all the Māori seats at that time. And if there was to be any future or any involvement of Māori within the Labour Party, then they needed to look at that issue very carefully. Uh, the level of participation that Māori would have in the, in the party, uh, a separate uh, structure to uh, promote Māori policy, um, to allow Māori, uh, the Māori uh, organisation within the Labour Party to determine the, the pathway forward for Māori. But when did you decide to leave Parliament and why? I always said to myself, Peter didn't say to other people as well, that I wasn't a career politician. Um, I was asked to consider it uh, for certain reasons by my own people, uh, from the elders here, and they had a very clear uh, a view about how the Māori world should be shaped. They didn't expect me to go out there and save the Māori people. They just expect me to, to make a contribution, and, and that's what I did do. And there were some highlights that I'm very proud of. Mm. When I first went in, I made the mistake of wanting to be heard and seen, all that sort of stuff. Um, and that actually makes you very popular with the people, but doesn't get the job done. So you would do lots of interviews or yeah, you was, would... Yeah, you know, in my first term, I, I was everywhere. But, uh, oh, every hui and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. And um, some people, some politicians function that way. I found that it wasn't actually productive time. Uh, it might sound ridiculous because people expect to see their politicians here, their representatives here, there and everywhere. But I learned very quickly that you need to be in the back room doing the mahi if you're actually going to make a difference. And so if you do, by doing that, I more or less became invisible. But my name is on a lot of um, select committee documents, a lot of bills in Parliament, and a lot of places in the archive, probably in the... Uh, uh, documents of Parliament, including the Hansards, well, on certain initiatives. So, obviously, you know, Labour, the Ratana um, commemorations and the Labour, well, the Labour Party is, you know, obviously had a, a huge history with, with Ratana. When did you first go to the Ratana commemorations? Do you remember them as a kid? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. we never missed them. It was our holiday. Pilgrimage, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I suppose after Christmas, all we talked about was going to the par. You know, going down to the park, seeing all our friends and the people that we uh, knew there, the concerts, the talent quests, the sports, the, mm. the, everything like that. It was just one big, uh, enormous holiday. And we didn't take too much notice of the debates on the marae, which were basically every day. And back then, from what I recall, they were fiery debates. They even kind of like the be nice to the people type of debates. It was heavy on. And it was all about the treaty. It was all about the status of the Māori people um, and the kaupapa of Ratana, of Piriwiri Tua, 
uh, all those just sort of discussions in Mars, we didn't take too much notice of what was being discussed. Some of it um, resonates with you when you look, when you think back, and, and it does with me, mm. remembering great debaters, the Iriwira uh, Titikatane. Uh, one I remember very well, a very powerful voice, and he in his microphone. You could hear him from such a far distance away, with you know some very, very strong views. So then, Mita, when you decided to leave politics, how was that transformation if there was one? It, it was a transformation. Um, stepping out of my tūranga as an Apoto Rehita and going into politics was a, uh, was a transition, it, which took me basically two years to adapt. I had some awesome training. When I say I was um, groomed, that's how I was groomed, in, the certain, in certain valleys of the hai and the kaupapa of ratana. Very hard to, to retain, maintain those values and because you are working with, essentially within a, do, a democratic society. Yes. And um, man's laws seem to take precedent over God's laws. But you, you, you stay in there, you accept that that is the environment you're in. So that was essentially two years to adapt uh, to, the, to the political, well, in preparation for the political environment. Twelve years as a, a member of parliament, um, five years on the executive as a minister of state. Um, when I stepped out of politics uh, in 2011, um, I didn't immediately go back into my tūranga as an apoto. Mm. That, that took me four years. It was, uh, you know, people find it very difficult to understand when I try to explain to them that uh, it's not as easy as that. I'm not really, um, I'm contaminated. I need to detox. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Well, detox, <laughs> if, well, yeah, it's basically that. I need to get this um, uh, political animal out of my system. That's what you are when you're there. And it essentially took me four years. It's only last year that I've really um, been able to... Uh, gain some confidence to step back into that tūranga as an ārpōtaro. I'm not even. I'm not sure I've really regained my confidence. Yeah, that's uh, you know, it, my faith has never never wavered. It's yes. never, you know, it's, it's as strong as it's ever been. Um, but standing before the people is a bit different, because mm. they do have their views, they have their doubts. Uh, this is a former politician. I don't know if they think that, but I think they think that. <laughs> it's all in my head, not necessarily theirs. That's really interesting. So so what does your mahi as an apotro rehita entail? It's um, no different from when it, all other levels of apotro. There is the need, and the most important need, is to answer the call of the people when they need uh, this uh, spiritual and religious support particularly when there is grievance in the family there are, there's illness in the family there are all types of issues in the family that they um, don't know where to turn in terms of finding a solution or, uh, to those things so you need, need to, we all need to be available for that call when the phone rings and, or when someone knocks on the door um, the airport or the heater well the, the only difference uh, that only thing that separates the Apotoro from all other levels of Apotoro uh, is the fact that they are registered by law. Yes. And there are legal activities or, that they can undertake, uh, confirming documents, uh, conducting marriages. Um, and, and that's an important undertaking for a lot of families. But that, 
that's not what I see as the most important part of the Aporturo's uh, role. It, the most important one is to, to be there when you need it and not to find an excuse not to be there. Some of the situations are horrific. Uh, families are going through and um, you may be, we may be in that uh, space for days on end. Uh, comforting families and working with families and reassuring families, all, all those, those sorts of things. Mm. Yeah, so it's not a a, a role that people should uh, rush into. It takes a lot of thinking about, a lot of preparation, and a lot of support. I, I also chair our local church committee, our committee Hahi, and that's the business end of the church. And our meetings can be pretty rough. They can be quite fiery. And anyone observing these situations wants, well, you know, this is the church. Why is it doing that? But the church does have its business end. There are certain policies, certain practices in place um, that we need to uphold and that every um, everyone who holds a position in the church that requires them certain things, my job as the chairman of that, committee is to make ensure not only that they do it but that they can do it that they're equipped to do it that they're strong enough to to, to do it and that they have the support of uh, of all of us uh, when they are doing it some are left to their own devices and they can be quite quite dangerous so would it be your role to rein i mean yes and I'm, I'm probably considered a bit heavy-handed sometimes um, but the, the, the church does have its, these policies in place for good reason. We're also there not as not only to service the people, but to protect the organisation, protect the church itself, as every church has to do. Never short, never short of critics. With the Ratana Church and being in Apotoro, um obviously there's new ways to connect to people. I mean, you did it in your political career. Um, how is the, the church finding new ways of connecting people other than? for Kamuimati or the annual gathering? I suppose the quick answer, short answer to that is it's actually not. Not finding ways, and that's the problem I have, and that's why I'm often um, criticised for the approach I take. Every generation sees things slightly different. The teachings of the church never change. Uh, the, principle that's, the principles that the church uh, is founded on never change. Um, but the culture that develops within the organisation, within the church, does change with every generation. They look at things quite differently. Uh, when they, uh, the here and now and the future becomes more important to them than the history. And they probably will come into that space themselves in time. Previous generations always saw the history as the most important part of it but without actually taking the history relating it to the here and now, and, and promoting it as a way forward to the future. Uh, it's, so you know, not changing stuff? Not changing stuff, but we are on a journey. Um, and the values the church promotes is there to focus us in on the way forward. Now, we've got some great histo- historians in the Hahiratana, great historians, and they, they really know their stuff. But relevance is important as well. And the young people, the new generation, every generation is looking for relevance. How is this going to help me in different situations? How is this history going? What value does it have uh, to me when I'm 
trying to determine my future, trying to, uh, in terms of education, which is the best way forward, where do I belong, what is my future, what skills do I have. So when you're not donning your robes, what, what do you do these days? I'm Just... here. Um, <laughs> I, um, I chair a, a couple of boards here and um, when I left Parliament, um, I made a point of saying that um, I'm going home to work with the people. So I always also said it many times, you know, people ask me, what is the... The, the most value you got out of being a member of parliament and I was saying it's, what you do there is important but the knowledge you bring back is even more important 